It's Monday. It's July 20th. And the word of the day is spoonerism, which means a verbal error in which a speaker accidentally transposes the initial sounds or letters of two or more words. Using a sentence, I want to bake out with Maroc, is not necessarily a spoonerism. Maybe I just have a crush on Barack Obama and I like crack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's great because I was really hoping that spoonerism was heroin user slang. So thank you for bringing that full circle oh, for me. Oh, well, there, there you go. go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'm Loa Nusians. I'm Beli Osnick. I'm Eth Henright. And broadcasting delayed from America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, Donald Trump sends Donald Trump dangerously off the rails. The White House starts giving out COVID numbers in broad ranges like they did with PPP data. <laughs> and Kim Kardashian lets her husband run for president to get him out of the house a little bit. But first, the rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight, are the Leonardo and Raphael to my uh, uh, being kind of like Michelangelo, but uh, also kind of like Donatello. I don't, nah. I don't really want to pick one of the No illusions and Eli Bosnick are here. <laughs> Gentlemen, are you ready to make some art? <laughs> Not sure I'd call the Ninja Turtles art, Heath, but okay. Well, I would, but more importantly, <laughs> Heath, you just compared yourself to Donatello. Are you, are you feeling all right? I mean, who the I, fuck? He's the nerd. I meant the he's, sculptor, though. Oh. He's also the tallest one, which is fun. <laughs> Yes. Okay. But also, in just our the lead story artist, tonight. She's the most boring. <laughs> no, it's fine. Too. I don't. We don't really need is. to go into the details of this <laughs> analogy I was doing. In our lead story tonight, I think Donald Trump got worse at talking steadily. Ooh. Yeah, he somehow got worse. <laughs> he called an urgent press conference last week and told reporters it was going to be all about his new plan to put pressure on China to stop oppressing the people of Hong Kong. But instead, Trump very passively lost his mind and the event turned into a 63 minute improvised campaign ad i think it's really hard to tell i think that's what happened it felt like someone like they hijacked an off-broadway one-man show inside a boring fucking nightmare it was <laughs> terrible and he never got through his explanation about the new bill regarding hong kong so i'm pretty sure this is a new one i'm pretty sure he filibustered himself by accident, which huh. was fantastic. <laughs> Reclaiming my time. Get off me. Help. The president is attacking me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I love this narrative because it subtly suggests that one might have expected something different than this, right? And, and thus that he was less insane than he currently is when America elected him president. I, I know it isn't true, but I kind of want to hug it close for a minute anyway. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so Trump starts by walking out to the podium to complete silence, as usual, and then saying, thank you, thank you very much, thank you, thank you, for a long <laughs> yep, time. Yep. I've seen him do this a few times now, but clearly nobody on the staff gives a fuck at this point, so nobody's like, hey man, don't thank nothing. Dude, like, that's insane. You get that, right? Nobody's telling him that. So he finally gets done thanking nothing, and then he tries to adjust his microphone because oh. it clearly got set for somebody who's 6'3 and it was way too high. <laughs> but the bendy gooseneck technology was way too tricky for him. So he couldn't get it where he wanted it. And he got frustrated. And then he pulled it way too hard in the wrong direction <laughs> and made it worse. But then he finally, finally just let it go, calmed himself down, started his little intro. 
But then he got mad about the mic again a few <laughs> seconds later. It's yep. amazing. And tried to fix it some more. This pattern happened two more times after those first two. <laughs> and then he finally gave up and started talking about helping Hong Kong. But not really. He gets a few sentences into it, and then he's like, yep, Hong Kong is dead. Good, good for us, I guess, with them dropping out of the world economy. So... <laughs> Joe Biden's a communist, by the way. And it got steadily less coherent from there. Uh, Well, I agree. Donald is truly at his most presidential when he is strangling a microphone. Yeah, right. Well, well, right, because at least then you knew what he was trying for. Right? I I don't know what he was trying for so many times. Yeah, for the rest of the goddamn speech. Yeah. Fucking baffling. So Trump obviously had a script on paper and on his (laughs) teleprompter that he could read from if he wanted. And he did use it sometimes. But I'm pretty sure he was just flipping to random pages once he got into it. And the teleprompter guy just gave up and started doing the same thing, but with different pages, I'm pretty sure. So we got a minute or two about the coronavirus, and then we learned what the deal is with airplane food. And <laughs> speaking of highways, uh, we, should, we should get more highways, right? More is, is better. Did I mention I'm really good friends with... Andres Manuel Miranda, the president of Mexico. He's fun. <laughs> it was fucking nonsense. Yeah. Well, no, you can't call it stream of consciousness because streams all go in the same general direction and consciousness suggests <laughs> way more awareness. So, no, I have no yep. idea what the fuck this was. No. <laughs> Nazi James Joyce is too nice of a way to describe <laughs> what the fuck happened. And by the way, I'm really not exaggerating very much. He was just so confused and defeated and sad. It was great. Like, if he didn't also have the nuclear codes, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yep. Here's the exact words from a little segment about (laughs) illegal immigration. According to Trump, exact quote. Yeah, oh, he always does so well when you write this shit down. (laughs) Wow, this is amazing. (laughs) I see you've added punctuation here. I I, I had to change it so I could read it. (laughs) Quote. We have great agreements where, when Biden and Obama (laughs) used to bring killers out, they would say, don't bring them back to our country. We don't want them. Well, we have to. We don't want them. They wouldn't take them. Now with us, they take them. Someday, I'll tell you why. Someday, I'll tell you why. (laughs) They used to bring them out and they wouldn't even let the airplanes land If they brought them back by airplanes, they wouldn't let the buses into their country said no, but they'd entered our country illegally and they're murderers. They're killers in some cases. End exact quote. (laughs) Yeah, I'm getting a real Finnegan's Wake vibe. Now you've put that in my head. (laughs) It's weird that history books are going to have to do like little translations under his speeches, right? Like, the way we have to do with Middle English and the Constitution now. Yeah, but, but, but like... Who the hell would be qualified to translate that shit? Even now, even today. I don't know. Chaucer? Yeah. So (laughs) Trump also did uh, his tight five about mental acuity at uh one point. He started by attacking Biden for being allegedly senile, which Trump measures in two different ways. He measures senility in two different ways. The first is cognitive testing. And the second is your ability to define... Carbon. Weird. That's okay. when he announced he took a brain test and, quote, aced it. Whatever <laughs> I, the fuck that means. I have a brain. They checked. 
<laughs> Maybe he got a perfect 100 on the IQ. I don't know, Mez. <laughs> I doubt it. I don't think we should tell him. Just let him have yeah. this one. And then he said, ask Joe Biden to define the word carbon because he won't be able to. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Joe would be like, it's pronounced Carmen, you adult, and I won't forget those red lips and white sand anytime soon. What do you <laughs> what? mean, stop talking? <laughs> <laughs> like Carmen San Diego? You think Biden had an affair with her? Yes. That's what I was picturing. <laughs> That's hot. And there's just one Now we other know moment. where she is. <laughs> <laughs> there's just one other moment I want to mention, because I, I was mentally paralyzed, and I'm hoping maybe you guys can help explain this one to me. Okay. All right. Trump was workshopping his next attack ad about Biden's environmental plan, I guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that plan involves reducing carbon emissions for new homes and offices. And that's when Trump said, that basically means no windows. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I guess my question yeah, is just, just why, what? What? Um, my guess, and it is just a wild fucking guess, is that this is the end result of a desperate and futile effort by Tall Tyler to explain the Overton window metaphor. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, somebody should ask him to define the word window, honestly. <laughs> but seriously, like, really, really, I kind of need him to do that. I honestly will not feel better until the President of the United States correctly defines window that's my world right now this is where yeah. we live yep fuck all right well on that note i guess we'll take a quick break for a word from our sponsor the great courses plus You know, the great thing about having the Great Courses Plus as a sponsor is that we can genuinely talk about how much we enjoy the product. That's right, Noah. Recently, I've been checking out the Great Fire 1666 on the Great Courses Plus. It's a fascinating deep dive into one of history's most amazing stories, and I can listen to it on a walk or while I'm changing diapers. We're excited to tell you about the Great Courses Plus because we know that you'll love it too. This streaming service has an extensive course library. Educate yourself on nearly any topic imaginable. Enhance your cooking skills, better understand your finances, improve your response to stress and anxiety, and so much more. All of the content is objective and fact-based and easy to access anytime, anywhere. So don't wait any longer. Sign up for the Great Courses Plus today. We've arranged for our listeners to get unlimited access to the entire library for free. To start your free trial, sign up today using our special URL. Go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash skeptocrat. Remember, thegreatcoursesplus.com slash skeptocrat. Awesome service. Really glad we have them as a sponsor. Oh, yeah. All right, guys, I'm all greased up. Let's do the Great Courses ad. Uh, Heath, we're not going to do a sketch for Great Courses. We just talked about how much we liked it. So. Yeah, I know. Well, then why? You know what? Never mind. Do you want me to answer? I do not. Great. <laughs> and we're back. Next up in headlines in hospitality news. Starting on Wednesday, the Trump administration has ordered that hospitals will begin sending coronavirus-related information directly to the Department of Health and Human Services, not the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, mm -hmm. because... If there's anyone who's been trustworthy with data, the COVID crisis, and fucking acronyms, it's the Trump administration. Yeah, too many doctors get their hands on too much data. It just spirals out of control. We can't have that happening. 
Well, well, but to be fair, they're not trying to hide the data from doctors and scientists specifically. It's just that those people happen to be members of the public, so they get caught up in it, right? They get oh, caught up in the hype. I see. There you go. Now, it's worth noting that this might not just be about hiding COVID numbers. It, it is almost certainly about hiding COVID numbers, yeah, oh yeah. but... Mm-hmm. What, what would that be otherwise? Well, I'll tell you. See, previously, hospitals reported to the CDC's National Healthcare Safety Network, which is the nation's most widely used healthcare-associated infection tracking system. This system keeps track of things like available hospital beds, supplies of life-saving drugs, and available ventilators, allowing them to make for emergency requests when hospitals run low. And right at the very top... Of the new guidelines the Trump administration put out, it says, underlined and in bold, quote, That's aggressive. We will no longer be sending out one-time requests for data to aid in the distribution of Remsever or any other treatments or supplies. This daily reporting is the only mechanism used for the distribution calculations, and the daily is needed daily to ensure accurate calculations. It seriously said the daily is needed daily? It can't. I must have misread that. <laughs> it's not possible. They wrote that. I'm literally, I, if it is, I want you to keep everything that's I'm pretty happening. sure that would be, and the data is needed daily to ensure accurate calculations, knowing both sentences and Eli. <laughs> Let me, I'm clicking just to make sure, because there's, there's a non-zero chance that is word for word what they said. That fits right into the speech we just talked about. <laughs> Uh, the this daily reporting is the only mechanism for your and the daily is needed daily. It's amazing, on the fucking fucking amazing. I'm Keep trying every to word give them wow, wow, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. The daily is needed. Don't say daily. <laughs> daily. There's no synonym I could think of. I was, I was already in, man. I was already in the fucking tunnel. Come on, man. Quotidian, you had that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. (laughs) These people are in charge of God. Yeah. So we got that guideline and the same week Trump gave a speech during which he said exact quote. I skipped this earlier. He said this during that same speech. If we did half the testing for COVID, we'd have half the cases and exact quote. So like the CDC is doubling our cases. We got to cut them out of the loop. We just use one of the two things Wait, and there'll be half as many cases now are you sure that's a real quote though because i feel like that's all one subject there's no brackets with ellipses in them or there's you didn't bitch about joe biden and windows <laughs> in it at all i want to look that one up too yeah. <laughs> it was surrounded by all the context nonsense you just said absolutely okay Go. i did some surgery to find that <laughs> sentence that complete coherent sentence that's horribly stupid yeah, but, ju- you know, just in case people were worried, this might not just be an attempt to undermine the CDC and open schools and kill children. It could also be because Trump is pretty sure Tall Tyler just set up his TI-81 calculator to find out how many fucking hospital beds Florida needs, and he's just going to let that program <laughs> fucking run. I'm sure they'll nail it, though. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And speaking of dead meat, let's take a break for a word from our next sponsor this week, ButcherBox. And I'll have these two steaks, please. All right. That's going to be $6.99 plus a bunch of unnecessary carbs. Okay. Uh, sorry. One? Oh, it's just, you know, you're you're buying low-quality meat, so that's going to be six ninety nine plus a bunch of carbon for the unsustainable practices it was created in. 
Oh, that that that's not and a little bit of food poisoning. What? And really sad cow stuff. Come on. Yeah, sorry, but hey, only six ninety nine. That's two steaks, right? Uh, okay. Well, let's say I want meat without the downside. Well, then you want butcher box. Oh, what's butcher? Box. Butcher Box believes everyone deserves high quality, humanely sourced meat. Every month, Butcher Box ships a curated selection of high quality meats right to your home. All meat is free of antibiotics and added hormones, and each box has 9 to 11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individual meals. And it's high quality with no hidden costs? That's right. They've got options like 100% grass fed and finished beef, free range organic chicken, heritage pork, wild caught Alaskan salmon, and sugar and nitrate free bacon. It's the way meat should be. All right, how do I sign up? Well, you can mark a visit to the meat counter off your list and receive quality meats delivered to your door right now. Just go to butcherbox.com slash skeptocrat. That's butcherbox.com slash skeptocrat. Nice. All right, so it'll just be these lucky charms then. All right, well, that'll be three twenty-five. Mm-hmm. And eating children's cereal as an adult. Yep, I still want them. Okay. I'm going to take them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And we're back. Next up in headlines in Gestapo I'll Shoot News. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It doesn't really work written down, but once you say it. All right. So we learned from the national media this week that detained is a synonym for kidnapped after several demonstrators in Portland were detained by badgeless law enforcement officers from an unspecified federal agency that did not identify themselves and held people without charges. That's terrifying yeah as in they were in the middle of peaceful fucking protests or at least like the part that they were in at that moment or whatever when armed men in camo left out of unmarked vans and snatched them what with like shrouds over their head like a movie what is happening that's that's i mean i don't know that they used the shrouds but yes that like in a fucking movie when asked if they feared for their lives detainees said they took at least some solace in the fact that stormtroopers have notoriously bad aim <laughs> Uh, do you think the you're overreacting over Trump's election people on Twitter ever try like saying they didn't win a million dollars just to see if their powers <laughs> work again? <laughs> or are they all I don't dead think they say shit on Twitter anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, right, right. Um, so, yeah, in a legitimate contender for scariest thing that has happened during the Trump administration, we got multiple reports of these extrajudicial detentions to the point that the Oregon Attorney General announced on Friday that the state's Justice Department will be filing a suit against the federal government. Good. The governor has condemned the heavy-handed tactics, and Portland's mayor told him, quote, keep your troops in your own buildings or have them leave our city, end quote. Also, by the way, the brown camo shirts, a little yeah. too on the nose. You guys get that, right? Yeah, right, exactly. At least use green camo. You're in the city. The camo's not helping or anything. <laughs> Jesus. Now, apparently, the legal justification for all of this comes from the executive order that Trump signed last month to protect American memorials. Right, And the officers in question seem to be from Customs and Borders Patrol. So as you can imagine, they have zero goddamn fucking business snatching American citizens in protests in fucking Oregon. They just come out on the Oregonian border. They just swim over from Asia. <laughs> right? And, and, and this was basically confirmed by an internal DHS memo that the New York Times reported on over the weekend. The memo was for Chad Wolf, the acting Secretary of Homeland Security, because you don't need a permanent guy in that He plays position. one on television. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Um, and it was basically a warning that the people tasked with protecting these memorials, in this case the federal courthouse, had zero training in shit like riot control or dealing with demonstrations. In fact, apparently the people that are doing this shit are from Border Patrol's version of a SWAT team that's normally tasked with shit like investigating drug smuggling operations. Okay. Well, you know, that makes sense. I mean, you need a group of stormtroopers who are used to kidnapping people who aren't doing a crime extrajudicially. DHS is your department, right? Yeah. I mean, you got, you got the guys. <laughs> That's true. Okay, but we're talking about hippies from Portland, Oregon. Just set up an heirloom pickle stand and the protest is fucking <laughs> over. Sure, How hard is that? And by the way, the obvious consequence of this dumbass tactic is that the waning protests in Portland just flared the fuck back up and are bigger than they've been in weeks because of fucking course they are, you idiots. <laughs> hey, how does history go for uh, the secret police when they kidnap people? Does it go great? It usually they... goes great for all of the people in that country, yeah. yeah. No, I will say, like, to the conspiracy theorist's credit, right, we were only three years away from this the whole fucking time. Right? Like, <laughs> like literally, like, anybody who wanted yeah. to could have come in and done this. A really specific, insane three years, but that's true. Yeah. Right. Ah. <sighs> <sighs> All right. Next up in headlines. Spring us up, Pete. Spring us up. Get excited. We're positive. <laughs> this is so fucking exciting. You ready? Oh, no. Kanye goddamn West is running for president. <laughs> okay. Except, no, he's not. It was just a crazy tweet he sent out on July 4th without thinking about it. Except, no, it wasn't. It was real the <laughs> yes. whole time. Tricked you. Kanye West 2020. And that is a full description of the Kanye West campaign so far. Yep. Yes, it is. He's actually he's actually got a campaign event today as we're recording this in uh, Carolina. I yeah, believe. South Carolina. So, yeah. yeah. So Kanye filed the necessary paperwork with the Federal Elections Commission last week, and now he's officially on the ballot for president in Oklahoma, <laughs> where he is in position now to pull down as many as seven entire electoral votes well man that's okay. really gonna hurt biden taking away all those oklahoma yeah votes. <laughs> it's gonna be rough all right look all threats are real in 2020 people i don't oh, give yeah. a fuck right, what yeah. silver <laughs> says i need opsec on kanye west now <laughs> get kanye west on it <laughs> uh, yeah right i i mean look this does sound a lot like white people though doesn't it, it would be just like us to go all right native americans we, here's the deal you can have half of our third worst state but <laughs> Wait, oh, you already signed. Kanye has to be your president. That nigga. Got him. Oh. Got him again. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, no. All right. <laughs> well, this is an important election coming up, and we're all taking it very seriously, obviously. So let's do a quick review of Kanye's platform, also known as the birthday party platform. For realsies. Because, when, because yes, for realsies. Because when Kanye wins, it's everybody's birthday. That's real. And in addition to that... Bon Mo about the party name. <laughs> Kanye's campaign slogan is yes. End of slogan. <laughs> which, <laughs> period. Which you know is because he was like, I want to do yes, we can. And Tyler had to explain that stealing from the Obamas is Melania's thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'd be stealing from Melania. <laughs> so thanks to Kanye's interview with Forbes last week, we got a pretty good glimpse into his political philosophy. One of the first questions was about supporting Trump and wearing MAGA hats. And according to Kanye, quote, I wore the red hat as a protest to the segregation of votes in the black community. Also, 
I like Trump hotels and the saxophones in the lobby. Fucking what? Okay, I got it. I got it. So the aliens who run the simulation we're in, they just saw the I Like Turtles kid on YouTube, so they're going to make him president. <laughs> wait, this wait, wait. He, so he picked Trump for the same reason that Charlie Brown picked the shitty tree? He just like, he felt bad that all the other black people knew better? <laughs> yeah, something like that, plus saxophones. So in fairness to Kanye, he's backed away from Trump on certain issues, especially regarding the Black Lives Matter movement. And Kanye is also against the death penalty, so that's good. And that's the end of the fairness. He answered <laughs> every single other question horribly wrong or just not at all. Mm -hmm. When asked how the 2020 race is going to be decided, he responded, quote, God appoints the president. Does he know? If I win in 2020, then it was God. If I win in 2024, then it was God. End of thought. And if you lose, oh, 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 that's nope. the end. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fuck you. God was also his answer for how to deal with the coronavirus, how vaccines work, and the answer for what is your China policy? God? God is the policy oh, for okay. China. And speaking of policy, Kanye was asked about developing policies in general. And he said, I don't know if I would use the word policy for the way I would approach things. <laughs> Neither would we, buddy. Yeah, right. Yes. Would we. <laughs> exactly. Fair enough. Accurate. I'm mostly going to decide based on lobby saxophones. <laughs> exactly. And my favorite part was the follow-up to that policy question when the interviewer basically just said, okay, so no policy. Uh, what about your approach or plan or stratagem <laughs> and apparently kanye recently watched a science documentary um it was called black panther is really good he answered quote oh god i'm gonna use the framework of wakanda right now because it's the best explanation of what our design group is gonna feel like in the white house what you got kanye west one of the most powerful humans i'm not saying i'm the most because you got a lot of alien level superpowers and it's only collectively that we can set it free let's get what? back to wakanda no <laughs> shush, we're getting back to the wakanda no questions please getting back to wakanda like in the movie when the king went to visit that lead scientist to have the shoes wrap around her shoes <laughs> i we I need the dailies daily what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> I don't know what's more horrifying, that sentence or the fact that the tech Kanye most admired in Wakanda was the <laughs> self-adjusting sneakers. All right. You don't, you don't want to talk about the vibranium? No. Did you see the sneakers, man? <laughs> she just pushed a button. They went thwit thwit. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. But if we if he shows up at the debates with like a spear, a shield, and a mysterious purple fruit that temporarily takes away his alien superpowers, <laughs> it will all have been worth it, man. 2020 will yes. have been worth it. Absolutely. If I honestly, if we could guarantee Kanye 2020 right now, I'm I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> no, you're not. No. <laughs> I thought about it again after I said that. Kanye or Trump. If you got to choose between if Kanye I'm picking, or yeah. Trump, right? Oh, yeah, no, Kanye. yeah. So Kanye's going to be more I mean, in my scenario, it's a 0% Trump scenario. So that's pretty mm -hmm. good. All right, yep. anyway. That was Kanye's platform in a nutshell, everybody. And he'll be running with a 
biblical life coach as his running mate (laughs) from Wyoming, who biblically coaches Kanye's life, crushing it. Uh, Elon Musk is going to run the space program. No, he's not. Elon, like, fake endorsed him for a second and then was like, no, dude, what? I was was joking. You're insane. (laughs) And Kanye's tax plan is pass. So, everybody (laughs) check out the birthday party. I wouldn't call what I was doing. I wouldn't call it a plan. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And in Barry the Lead News, 36-year-old. Thank you. That's very good. That's very, very good. 36-year-old opinion editor Barry Weiss has quit the New York Times this week after posting a 1,500-word resignation letter on her personal website in what many are calling good, totally fine, and about damn time. (laughs) Yeah, somebody at their HR department at the Times was like, all right, fucking nice, that was a freebie. Another self-righteous screed just saved us a severance package in a pain-in-the-ass meeting. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, well, what's amazing to me is that this is like a pro- her proof of cancel culture, right? She's like, see, now the New York Times, just like I predicted, won't publish any of my work just because they're still hung up on that last thing I wrote. And they're like, but the last thing you wrote was I quit. And she's like, still though, but still, <laughs> I predicted it. <laughs> Now, listeners may be familiar with Weiss's work to platform intellectual giants like Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson, or the time she dedicated an entire article to a fake Twitter account to prove that college campuses had gone mad. Yep. Or, or ironically, maybe her getting her job in the first place by spending her time at Columbia trying to get Arab professors at her school who criticized Israel fired for anti-Semitism. Yep. But, but... Even with those incredible qualifications, Weiss no longer felt welcome at the time, saying, quote, intellectual curiosity, let alone risk-taking, is now a liability at the Times. Oh, is it? Is it really? Just to be clear, she was intellectually curious about Senator Tom Cotton's op-ed to address Black Lives Matter protests by sending in the military like yes. George fucking Wallace at the schoolhouse door in Alabama. Yep. Seriously? Barry? You can pretend you're resigning while that security guard cleans out your desk, but we all know what the fuck happened. (laughs) We read with our eyes. (laughs) Now, to be fair to Weiss, she claims that she faced a hostile work environment at the Times. According to her resignation letter, colleagues called her racist and put little emoji axes next to her name in the Slack chat. Is that, okay, emoji persecution was part of the emoji <laughs> resignation letter. I just want to be clear. Yep. She also claimed on Twitter that after the resignation of James Bennett, a civil war had broken out among the staff. Her really? colleagues have since denied this, but at least okay. she left the job as she did it without letting the truth get in the way of her hysteria. Yes, yes. In her verbose-ass resignation, she seems to be taking the New York Times to task for all of her co-workers thinking she's an asshole. (laughs) And look, I want to say, I actually think Weiss's exit is a sign of change at the paper. I mean, the reporting at the Times is some of the best in the world, but their opinion page has, for quite a long time now, catered to right-wing pretending to be liberal opinions of David Brooks and fucking Brett Stevens. And Ross Dowthat. And and Ross Dowthat, too. Fuck Fuck Ross Dowthat also. Thank you. It's been a refuge for those on the edge of bigotry to, like, have their bad ideas printed in otherwise reputable newspapers. And if the end of that era, the one that called Dave Rubin and Joe Rogan part of the intellectual dark web is ending, that's for the best. So... 
you know, so long, Barry Weiss. And to quote your eventual gravestone, you won't be missed. (laughs) (laughs) I want that resignation letter on the gravestone. (laughs) All of you still think I'm an asshole. I'm leaving. (laughs) Antifa just tips over her gravestone. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, oh, no, it could just be a big axe emoji. That would be great. (laughs) And finally tonight, in dysfunctionally illiterate news, niece of the president and person who decided now was the right time to warn us Mary Trump earned the Trump name an asteriskless appearance on the New York Times bestseller list over the weekend with the publication of her new book, Too Much and Never Enough, How My Family Created the World's Most Dangerous Man. And oh, you're done with the title? Yep. You're done with it? The book is just as well written and to the point as that title would suggest to you <laughs> that it is. Um, but I could buy it without lining John Bolton's pockets, so I did. And I read it over the weekend, wanted to close things off tonight with a bit of a uh, book report. Okay, right. but first, tell us what you did over your summer. No, <laughs> I mostly argued with my mom that summer reading is fucking persecution, and I'm not doing it. <laughs> and I live in Georgia, so I've been fashioning ramparts and moats. I want a three, Smart. like Smart. a defense in depth is what you need here. So, uh, first of all, uh, there aren't a lot of new revelations in the book, and what few there are have already been picked over by the press long before the book's publication. Uh, but as much as the book is kind of being sold as a salacious tell-all from a dysfunctional family, I feel like the book itself is actually at its worst when it's trying to do that. The author is a clinical psychologist complete with a PhD, and she's definitely at her best when she dives into the cornucopia of pathologies that are her uncle's personality, and, and when she dives into it like the past and tries to explain their roots. The first couple chapters are an interesting read just from the point of developmental psychology, and they go into breathtaking detail about how much Eli can permanently fuck his kid's brain up in the first few years of his life without even realizing he's done it. <laughs> Okay, well, now my weekend plans to get arrested with the KKK are ruined. Thank you, Noah. (laughs) Eli, don't worry about it. You and Anna just keep doing what you're doing. That kid has a lucrative career of podcasting and violin ahead of him. He's going to be fine. (laughs) Um, But the book also has a few glaring weaknesses, and I want to emphasize one of them because it just cracked me the fuck up. Uh, Mary Trump is not a gazillionaire, but she's a person that grew up under the umbrella of Fred Trump's wealth. Uh, Her dad was Trump's older brother, uh, her grandpa's namesake, and his heir apparent until he fucked up bad enough to get replaced by Donald. Uh, And she does by Donald Trump. Yeah, right. Well, so that's the thing. She does her damnedest to paint her dad in this sympathetic light throughout, but her privileged upbringing makes that really hard to do. She literally tries to tug at the reader's heartstrings at one point by pointing out, I shit you not, that the top floor apartment that his dad gave him to live in rent free didn't have a doorman what (laughs) she emphasizes her grandpa's cruelty with anecdotes about him like about her dad not being able to keep his airplanes I I mean, I get that, like, you he's your dad, you want to make him look good, but he was an alcoholic who abused her mom and couldn't measure up to the standards that Donald goddamn Trump exceeded, so there's only so much of that you can expect your readers to sit through. You know what, Noah, you wouldn't get it. You just wouldn't get it, okay? Now, by her own admission- He had to sign for his own pick! <laughs> It's so 
bad. She's like, it would be hard not to lose hope in that apartment. There was no doorman, and it was kind of drafty, and there was so bad. Um, now, by her own admission, um, she doesn't know Donald very well. Um, in her recollections, that's obvious. Their interactions are perfunctory and all take place at large family gatherings, like holidays, weddings, and that kind of shit. Uh, so there's not much there in the way of personal insights, but it does paint a pretty amazing picture of dysfunction and doesn't shy away from implicating damn near every member of her family in one tax fraud or another. Get out of here, tax fraud? Can you believe it? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I'd recommend it, but I'm certainly glad that it exists, if for no other reason than it clearly got Trump apoplectic and anything that raises his blood pressure at least has a chance of saving the world at this point. Mm. Yeah, at this rate, a McDouble is going to win the Congressional Medal of Honor. (laughs) Come on, just one filet of fish with a hidden bone. How fucking hard is that, McDonald's? One filet of fish. (laughs) Pretend he's a cop. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that's my reaction to the book, but I do want to spend at least a second on Trump's. (laughs) So leading up to the book's publication, he sued to try to keep it off the shelves on account of how good that worked with Bolton's book. Uh, The lawsuit amounted to nothing, of course, and the book came out on on Friday. Trump tweets out the same day some angry shit about what a mess she was and how much her grandma thought she was a cheap whore or something, and he refers to her as a seldom-seen niece. So she tweets back, and I goddamn love this reply so much that I wanted to close the fucking headlines with it. She tweets back nothing but the TV ratings from her interview with Rachel Maddow and his significantly lower TV ratings for his recent town hall with John Hannity. (laughs) (laughs) And adds hashtag seldom seen. So... Like, like, even if the book isn't great, you kind of owe her 15 bucks for that dig. So yeah, I'll, that's I'll, a good I'll burn. Go Hashtag can't see you. Are you in the bunker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're going to close it out. Thanks to No Illusions. Thanks to Eli Bosnick. And thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening. And please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Liz, Hi, John, Simon, Foxhole Atheist, Malcolm, Jim, Karen, Hi, Karen. Toman, Christopher, and do an Etruscan episode <laughs> whose dicks and vaginas are so magical, you can just show them to an Alexa device and she'll play the guitar riff from Sunshine of Your Love. It's amazing. <laughs> I just showed one of their dicks or vaginas to Alexa, everybody. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, D&D Minus, and Citation Needed, Available on Apple Music, Stitcher, all those other podcast apps, or, of course, the deep web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penis. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. He's the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Until next time, yes. (laughs) That's our new catchphrase. You sure? Yeah, it was, it was okay. But I, I thought it was, was good. Wa- I, think I just it was wanted rain. a sip. I just wanted I see. a sip. I, okay. okay, there was an excuse. I got gotcha. you. I just hope this next It's Monday is as good. Okay.
Nope. <laughs> yeah, no. Not as so much. Pressure. No, there was. See? <laughs> I mean, you you should have just the pulled the away. fucking trigger. Yeah, exactly. It was, you, you I'm going to edit assume. it in, and it's going to be such a bad edit, and I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> it, uh, uh, it's Monday. Show doesn't come out till Tuesday. I was working <laughs> on it. So now it is technically I, Tuesday. I abandoned the great one. I was at a <laughs> coffee. The lure of caffeine. <laughs> All right. I'm Loa Nusians. I'm Beli Osnick. I'm Heath Enright. Fuck. And <laughs> it's a spoonerism. Yeah. <laughs> it was yep. an unintentional transition. <laughs> that was a spoonerism, everybody. Yeah, it was a, technically. A genuine spoonerism. <laughs> To start your free trial, sign up today using our special URL. Go to using our. You got that? <laughs> sign up today using our special URL. Go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash skeptocrat. Remember, thegreatcoursesplus.com. Thegreatcoursesplus.com slash skeptocrat. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.